You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Let's it fly. Has Watson. He's got it on his feet and he's in it for the touchdown. That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career. Christian Watson, you can see him. It's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a text message to 865-658-5824. Now, we are live on YouTube and Twitter this evening. Appreciate everybody hopping in the chat. I know it's going to be hopping in here uh, this evening because we got a lot of dads, I imagine. And obviously, it's Father's Day. I can't imagine... Um, I don't know, Ryan, I'm not a dad, right? I haven't been blessed to be a dad yet, but, uh, I imagine if I had a father's day and they're like, what would you like to do today? It would be, leave me alone. Let me talk some football. <laughs> let me eat way too much meat and go into a, you know, slip into a food coma later in the afternoon. But how's your father's day been, man? No, it's real good. We did the, the gifts and whatnot pretty early on. Um, I got a pork butt going and the timing was not super great, but it looks like it's going to be done holding at about 7.30, so we'll have just enough time. My kids have been chanting money muscle all day long, so they're excited for the pork butt. But, no, it was a good day. Aside from the uh, pulled back muscle for I've had the last couple of days, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, man, those are the worst there, dude. Nothing oh. nothing more humbling than that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I ruptured a couple of discs in my back when uh, I was in my 20s. And you know, I used to hear my dad talk about back pain. I'm like, man, well, it can't be that bad. Oh, it it's up. that bad. It <laughs> yeah, is that it is. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to wake my wife up this morning at like six o'clock because I broke a glass and I couldn't clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm there watching her like sweep the floor and then I couldn't take the garbage out, which was half the problem. So she had to take the right. garbage out for me. Man. It's yeah, it's it's pretty humbling. Well, we got Tyler in the chat. He says, let's get it, boys. And Elevated Shine, we're spot on, man. We said it when we opened. Nothing says Father's Day like telling your wife and the kids to leave me alone for the next hour so I can watch the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we got uh, Brad in the chat here. You've been gone too long. Appreciate you dropping in, Brad, for sure, man. And then Tyler, of course, says, um, happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, this is where dads really want to be tonight. Amen to that. Now, we've actually already got a caller on the line. We're doing a new uh, kind of a new little feature here when it comes to Packers Total Access Live. We got a handful of folks that we communicate with on a regular basis, whether it's email, text, what have you on Twitter. And uh, this is one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Just a dude that's always upbeat, always got just a, a great attitude and and actually is so committed to the Green Bay Packers. He recently moved to Green Bay. So we've got Mr. Green uh, on the on the line here. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Green? Hey, Clayton. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Uh, we're doing great, man. Doing great. We uh, just get on here to talk a little bit of ball, do a little weekly recap, man. I know uh, we had chatted a little bit offline and you were going to hop on, just talk a little bit with us. But before we do that, man, why don't you tell everybody kind of your story? I was I was chatting with him offline, Ryan. He was telling me about how he packed up the, uh, the wife and moved to Green Bay, get a little bit closer to Lambeau, man. Tell him that story, Mr. Green. So I'm an 80s baby. Uh, born and raised in Milwaukee. So I'm a county stadium kid. I grew up watching a lot of those Packers teams and 
coming up to Lambeau, making the pilgrimage, you know, for games. And, you know, my wife and I were talking this last season, especially, uh, we spent a lot more time up in uh, the Green Bay area and we just made the decision to move. <laughs> my wife was able to get a, a really good job and uh, things have been lining up for me. So uh, we're committed. We're here. Boots on the ground, man. Dude, that is awesome, man. That is awesome. What's uh, what's it been like since you've moved there, man? Is it is just kind of this dream come true, right? Because I know every time that I go to – the first time I went to Green Bay, I got to spend 24 hours and I had to leave, right? Oh, the second, second, third time, it was like, okay, we can spend two days. This is back when I was broke. I mean, broke as a joke. And then, you know, this more this most recent trip, it's like, bro, every – Every time we go up, we stay a little bit longer, right? So now this last one was seven days in Green Bay. What uh, what is it? What has it been like since you moved there, man? Is it everything you thought it'd be? Oh, and and then some. And driving past twelve sixty five never gets old. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, I haven't been here long enough to really say that. But um, <laughs> you know, I we live in an area that's really close to the history of the of the franchise. You know, um, I live blocks away from Curly Lambeau's birthplace. Um, I'm embedded in the history and the culture and we're just really excited for camp this year and uh family night coming up um hall of fame for jordy nelson and josh Sitton this year i mean oh, there's yeah. there's a lot of things that uh we're just really excited for and to be able to get up here you know right in the spring and summertime uh going into a season is just priceless i mean i'm I'm just grateful that we pulled it off. And uh, yeah, Clayton, it's it's been a dream come true <laughs> every day. And uh, I don't anticipate uh, I'll get sick of it. So <laughs> no, absolutely not, man. We're, we're actually looking at a couple places there on the east side of the Fox River. So you're, you're a part of that east side gang now is what they say. Hey, you know, you yeah. have the east west rivalry. Um, it's really cool over there, man. And they're starting to refurbish a lot of the older neighborhoods, which is really nice. But uh, anyway, man, we got you on here. And like I said, we got Ryan uh, Pack Daddy on here from a Packernet podcast. And uh, what did you want to talk about tonight, man? Is there anything kind of what's at the forefront of your mind when it comes to the Green Bay Packers? You know, we all talk about how this season is just kind of up in the air, man. We don't really know what to expect. Just a new energy, uh, kind of a, a rebirth of this franchise, you know, as we kind of step into the Jordan Love era. But uh, what's on your mind, man? What are you thinking about this season? Well, uh, obviously, left tackle, quarterback, defensive tackle, edge are on my mind now. Um, but I think the main thing is with – the talent level that we have and a lot of the youth that we have, I think it's very important for this team to find an identity and to find that identity very early. Um, we're already seeing the team kind of congeal and coalesce together. And, and these guys are rallying around Jordan Love right now, which is a great sign. Um, but I think when it comes to the X's and O's and, and getting it done in between the lines, um, you know, our Green Bay Packers, we, we got to find out who we are right away. And we got to let the rest of this league know who we are right away. Um, and personally, I believe the North is wide open. I, I don't think you can point at any team in this division right now and realistically say they're going to run away with it. Um, I think it's going to be a battle this year. So I guess the main thing I, I would say and be interested to hear your guys' feedback, too, is, you know, your thoughts on that. Like this team kind of finding an identity, not just, you know, the defense needs to stop the run and the offense needs to protect <laughs> the ball and, you know. Like what, what is this identity going to be? Because for 18 years, it was the Aaron Rodgers show, you know? Absolutely. So we, we got to look ahead to the future. And uh, I, I, I guess guys, I just think that's the main thing on my mind now is, you know, who are we going to be when it's time to get this season started? You know? Gotcha. 
Good stuff, man. Hey, we appreciate you chiming in, dude. We're going to talk about that very thing. I'm interested to see what Ryan's got to say. But, dude, you're always welcome on here. You're going to have the link every time we go live. When we do these, uh, you know, Packers Total Access live episodes, you just hop on anytime you want, man. We'd love to have you. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Clayton. Thanks, guys. Have a good night, pal. You too. What do you think, Ryan? He's talking about identity and and what is this team going to be. It's Dude, it – Going into this season, I kind of felt like I was going to be a little bit, oh, man, this is kind of kind of nervous. It's not the feeling at all. It's excitement. You know, it's yeah. like, what what do you think it's going to be, man? What are you expecting? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, my first thought is he's absolutely right in terms of we have to find that identity. You know, I mean, we, we always, as he said, we're always talking about, like, the things, the individual things that need to get better. Like, you know, we, we need this player. We need, a you know, the safety's not good enough. Or we always find these reasons to say this is the part of the team that was a... We've had plenty of teams that were more than capable of winning Super Bowls. 2020 is a perfect example. That team should have won a Super Bowl. They weren't even close. And it was because of identity. You know, there, there's something underneath all of that stuff that we're constantly talking about that we don't talk about. And it is things like culture and identity and things like that. And as far as what we're going to be, I don't know. That's what's that's part of the excitement of this new team is, like he said, it's been Aaron Rodgers was the whole team for the most part. I mean, that that was the culture. That was the identity. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, it kind of reminds me of when, you know, uh, Jordan was talking about how, you know, we don't have that one guy and everything's kind of distributed. I think that's kind of the culture instead of just that one guy. It's not just Jordan. You know, it's it's a little bit Jordan. It's a little bit Matt LaFleur. It's a little bit Watson. It, you know what I mean? It's And that's yeah. what I want. I want – it's like you always say all the time. We're, we're, we're not collecting talent. We're building a team or something to that effect. That's what I want. I, I, I want a culture of guys that come together. And um, I was actually watching something recently, and Mike Shanahan was talking, and he said, uh, you know, something to the effect of, if, if you don't believe you're going to win, you're not going to win. And that's been our problem the whole time. We heard Robert Tunyon say it. We just didn't believe that we could do it. We didn't believe in ourselves. And um, that that is what's missing. And that's why I'm excited to see these guys come together. And they are excited. And and they're, they're young and naive enough to believe, you know what, we don't know anything, but we're going to come in here and just rock everybody. And that that level of just belief is it's so unbelievably important and i'm just glad that we have it and i hope that reality doesn't smack them in the mouth too hard this first season (laughs) (laughs) right and and, you know i think we're going in with the proper expectations you know nobody's expecting um them to just come out and and be you know gangbusters and and i think that when you set the i don't know when you set the expectations in a realistic manner you, you know, you're 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 prepared for the worst, hoping for the best. Yeah. And I think we'll all come out pleasantly surprised. I really do. Uh, you know, that that last practice, from what I understood, Jordan Love really turned it on. They said that he was, mm-hmm. you know, he looked really good. And, and granted, it was <clears throat> it was just a mandatory minicamp. I get it. But those are the type of steps, incremental steps you're looking for him to take. And and him embracing this role, I was actually trying to find a video because of uh, someone in the chat, <laughs> what they said here. I believe it was uh, Elevated Shine said, Jordan Love wishing Happy Father's Day is uh, is backfiring on him, but rumor is a Bears fan asked him to do it, right? I don't think it's backfiring. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I love seeing him kind of come out of his shell a little bit. And, yeah. and he just naturally seems like he's, he's just a humble guy, man. Yes. And uh, people are going to follow that, man. You already see Jair Alexander, um, you know, grab getting his back. You heard Rashawn Gary earlier. What did he say? He said on Jordan Love, he said, quote, I love his confidence. You know, that stuff bleeds over. And, and you were talking right. about it, I believe, the other day on your pod, Ryan. You said there was a, a time when uh, Charles Woodson was talking with Aaron Rodgers on the sideline when Aaron was real young. And he's like, man, I think we're going to have a pretty good squad this year. 
And Charles cut him off and said, no, "You you talking about a good squad? I'm I'm thinking Super Bowl." Like, yeah. And and you could tell he he really believed in Aaron, and and obviously Aaron believed in him and everything he had accomplished. Um, it's it's so cool to now see Jordan Love and Jair Alexander kind of embracing that same yeah. that same type of friendship. Yeah. If if and if nothing else, it's just good. It's just fun to see. I like when my team likes each other, you know, I mean, again, it, it reminds me of those, those old days with Rogers and Jordy and all those guys and how much they all got along and the offensive line, obviously it's, it's better because they won all the time, but it was just cool either way. Even if they didn't win, I loved seeing that. I love that they went out to Jordy's farm and hung out in the off season just because there's that, that good of friends. And um, I think as Packer fans, it's just kind of fun to see that. And um, it's, it's good that it's a tight knit group. And I think that's going to benefit them in a, in a big way. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Mike in the chat here actually says, uh, will Gary ever get 20 sacks in a season? Man, it seems like it's so far away because it's been so long. I mean, when was the last – When did, did Zadarius Smith ever get 20 sacks? He didn't, right? Am I thinking right? I don't think so. Maybe – I know PFF kind of gives some pretty high numbers. He, I don't think he did, though. Yeah, it's been a while, and that 20-sack range really seems like it's uh, it's kind of far away with how things have evolved in the NFL. You know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was you know, you had guys just rushing the quarterback like crazy. But the, the big thing for me, Mike, is is pressures. You know, pressures lead to picks, and, and good coverage lead to sacks, right? So how good is this coverage going to be that's going to lead to sacks? But more importantly, how much pressure can we get on the QB to force those errant throws, to force them in three and outs and keep the ball in the offense's hands? Um, you know, last year, I know there were several times that it felt like the defense was on the field the entire game. Um, you know, it's so important to get that rest. But um, I don't know. I was listening to Rashawn Gary earlier, and since uh, Mike kind of brought him up in the chat, let's just go ahead and hit on this. Another quote he said, he was very, very short when they said, when do you anticipate being ready? And he kept saying, I'll be ready when I'm ready. Yeah. I'll be ready when I'm ready. Like he's just cutting that off right off the bat. But they asked him, you know, how do you think this is going to change? And he said, I'm still the same guy. Ain't nothing changed. Um, he, yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, I think that if anybody comes back with a minimal effect of the ACL, it's going to be Rashawn Gary. That dude yeah. is a freaking workhorse. Yep. But as far as 20 sacks, do you think once Gary is fully healthy, do you think he's the type of player that can kind of reach that 20 sack range or at least get enough pressures that would be the equivalent to 20 sacks? Well, I was just looking at it just while you were talking a little bit. In in the last four years, five guys have hit that, and that's PFF. So that's that's more than what the official sacks are because they count half sacks as full sacks. So if you're talking official official stats, I don't know that anybody really hit that recently. So 20, 20 is a huge number. It really is. And like you said, it, it's not – I'm not going to say it's not important because that would be huge if you hit it, but I, I agree with you about the pressures. The pressures are what matter. If, if you're talking 100 pressures, but you, that only materialized into 12 sacks, I'm more than happy with that because – I mean, we, we've seen interceptions that were caused by Rashawn Gary's pressures. I know I've seen that at least three times where it was a essentially a, a forced interception because Rashawn Gary was in the guy's face and he's just throwing blind. And, and then you get the pick by Jair Alexander. So, yeah, those, those things are critical. And I see Tyler saying 20% pressure rate. It's another really high number. But, yeah, I mean, he was close. I think he was at like 17 not too long ago. So, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's one of the premier pass rushers for sure. Yeah, and, you know, depending on how quickly Lucas Van Ness comes onto the scene, you oh, know, yeah. we're going to be starting the year. And, and this is – I could be completely wrong, and we won't know until we get into these, you know, uh, specific scenarios and situations on game day. But – if Gary doesn't start the season, right, you know, and he has to start on Pup or what have you, you're going to have Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, and Kingsley and Igbare 
kind of battling for those two outside edge positions. But yeah. I really think they want to use Lucas Van Ness on the inside um, in some of the nickel sets, right? And I think they're probably going to get kind of creative with that because really with the way the defensive line sets right now, I imagine it's going to be uh, Kenny and, a, uh, you know, Kenny, uh, Kenny White and Slayton with Slayton obviously playing um, the nose. And then when you get into the nickel sets, it'll probably be Devontae White and Kenny Clark. Now, mm-hmm. who's going to play the three? Who's going to play shade, play the one? How, you know, how's that going to fall into place, right? Um, are there going to be scenarios where they go, you know what? Let's pull Kenny off and give him a breather and throw Lucas Van Ness in there, right? right. Or, or even throw some kind of exotic look, which we haven't seen since the Dom Capers, you know, time. Yeah. But I think it was – I can't remember who was talking about it. It was one of the reporters the other day, Ryan, and they were talking about um, they are hinting at using Lucas Van Ness much like they used Azaria Smith where they would bring him into that A-gap standing up. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to play a big role into the pressure rate too for Gary because when, yeah. when someone else establishes themselves at a higher level than Preston Smith has, you're going to have to start to roll some of that protection, you know, spread it out a little bit more. And uh, Gary's going to get more one-on-ones. And we see him. And I went back and watched that 49er game, that heartbreaker we lost in the snow. I don't know why I do that to myself. But <laughs> went back and watched it. Gary was a monster in that game. Yeah, man. But, and in crucial moments too. But what do you think about that pass rushing tandem? Do you think uh, – because I'm hearing – another thing I heard throughout this this OTA – was there was several times that Kingsley and Abari just had to stop because he was he would have killed Jordan Love, right? <laughs> yeah. He beat his block. It sounds like yeah. he's showing some flashes too. But what do you think about that pass rush, uh, you know, of uh, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, Preston, um, Kingsley and Abari? Let's wipe Gary out of the equation right now. So let's talk yep. about those three, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, and Kingsley and Abari. What do you think? Yeah, so I mean, I think initially – I mean, my preference, I, I don't know where the guy's at, but I, I think it would make sense to have Preston and Van Ness. But when you talk Rashawn Gary coming back, it becomes that you want to get your best guys on the field. Well, I don't want Lucas Van Ness sitting on the bench. And no disrespect to the guys we got, but yeah, I think you're right. If you if you're if you want to sit Kenny for a couple reps, Lucas Van Ness and Devontae, think about a, a third and nine, and you're trying to get some serious push, and you're talking Kenny and Preston, and then you got Wyatt and Van Ness. I, I just feel like that's a freaking just yeah. just get your your biggest freaks and your wild men out there to just push and I just think that they could cause absolute havoc and and again you could do Van Ness and 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 uh, Kenny or however you want to do that but ideally Van Ness is the kind of guy and and he has the capability in inside ideally he's the kind of guy that one way or another we need him on the field so if yeah. if he doesn't fit on the outside because we got too many guys because obviously they're going to rotate him there. But yeah, we need to kick him inside then, and he needs to get some snaps there. Yeah, completely agree. And I'm hearing more and more of the, uh, I, I want to say quote unquote experts, but these are guys who have been around the game for a long time. Your Michael mm-hmm. Lombardi's, your Greg Cosells, people like that. And they're talking about how important it is to have a good three technique. And Lombardi, you know, being the, the negative minded guy that he is, he always throws in the caveat of every team thinks they've got a three tech, and very few actually do. Um, who can play that three tech? And what I mean by three technique, guys, um, you know, you're talking about technique on the defensive line. Zero tech is right over the center. Uh, your uh, your your two tech will be over top of the guards. Your four tech will be over top of the tackles. And then obviously the odd numbers are in between. So you're talking about someone who's going to line up in between the guard and the tackle. Um, not only are they going to occupy a double team, but they're really looking to push the pocket. And that seems uh, the uh, direction that the NFL is going. What, what we're seeing with the way Goody has constructed this team, Ryan, is they're looking to get pressure in the mm-hmm. quarterback's lap. There's no doubt about it. 
Um, and, you know, some people would say, oh, that's dangerous with someone like Justin Fields. That's fine. Throw a little contain. Just make him throw the football. That's all. Yeah. We yeah. Need to yeah. <laughs> and and quickly, because he wants to sit and think about it. No, no, no. You better get that ball out quick. And I think yeah. that'll have an impact. And, you're, and yeah, he's going to burn us once in a while. But I just don't think you win a lot of football games with, with you know, one or two big runs. He did it last year. He had a massive run for a touchdown, still lost the game. Right. Yep. And that's what Lombardi talks about all the time. He's like, you know, yeah, you've got great rushing stats. He might be a great fantasy quarterback. That's not going to win you ball games. Exactly. When, right. and, and especially when the game is on the line and you need you need to co- to convert a, a third and seven. And they're there. You can tell how nervous they are to let that guy throw the football. Right. Man. Right. Well, so. early on in the season, I mean, you're talking like week four or something. It was it was third and 12 and they're running the ball. Yeah, I mean, it was it was consistent third and sevens. I mean, I mean, it, not like third and twenty where everybody runs a draw. I'm talking this is every team in the NFL is throwing here, and they just ran the ball. I mean, that's that was the most telling thing ever. Yeah, it really is, really is. Um, so Brad in the chat, and, and we're going to get to everybody's comments in the chat, guys. Just bear with us. We're trying to stay on topic and do it somewhat uniform, um, but we appreciate you guys chiming in, man. This is what makes the show so great. Um, Brad in the chat said, "What's going to happen with the rookie tight ends?" Uh, lots of snaps to fill, but tight ends usually have up and down starts to their careers. You know, I seen a stat a little while back, and some of the some of the better tight ends, they to me, they kind of popped year one, took a step back yep. year two. Now, everyone else, and, I, and when I say you know some of the great tight ends, you're talking about your your Kittles and the you know the upper echelon of the tight end position. Um, I don't know, man. They're they're going to be forced in, Ryan. I mean, you got Josiah Aguara, obviously. He's, uh, already cut his uh, cut his teeth in the NFL, and we know he plays a little H back row, but he can play pretty much every tight end position. Not ideal <clears throat> to have him out there on the boundary or anything like that, obviously. But you know, with the premier positions, in my opinion, on offense uh, is quarterback and left tackle. Bach looks healthy. I think you're mm-hmm. going to get a top ten left tackle in, in David Bakhtiari this year. Whether he's going to be on the team next year, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I it's going to take more than just a restructure to bring him back. I imagine they're going to be looking to ask him to do what Aaron Jones did. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if Bach will do that. I don't, I don't see it happening, but left tackle. We're good this year. When it comes to quarterback, that's the great unknown, right? So, how do you compensate for not knowing exactly what Jordan Love's going to be, man? You surround him with as much talent as you possibly can, and they've done that at the tight end position. I know we've talked about Luke Musgrave over and over and over, um, and if Josiah Aguara and Jordan Love do have that chemistry that we've seen in that Detroit game there a couple years ago at the end of the season and uh, and everything kind of gels together, man, these tight ends could be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I try not to be – uh, j- just look at things from a homer standpoint. You know, I'm sitting here like, dude, I think Musgrave is going to be a big deal. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, I, I feel like that's you being a Packer fan. I don't know. Right. But it, I mean, like you said, I, I looked at it too, and it's the same thing. You know, you look at the really good tight ends, like defensive tackles take time. Very rarely do they pop in year one, but the tight ends, almost every single one of them had a good rookie season. So, and then you look at the, the athletic traits that he has, you look at the connection he's already building with Jordan Love uh, above and beyond some of the wide receivers. I'm hearing him connecting with Musgrave more than anybody except maybe Romeo Dobbs. Um, and so it, it just seems like it's it's more likely than not that he's he he and or Tucker Kraft are just going to have a major role. I think the tight ends are going to have a major role in this. Off. I, I don't see that not happening. Hmm. Absolutely. Jan in the chat said, Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. We appreciate it, Jan. And then uh, Tyler in the chat actually says, 
Uh, I fully expect them to be extremely competitive. That's one thing that you're getting with the roster, the way that this this thing is built, especially on offense. You know, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, neither of them have really established themselves as the number one mm-hmm. wide receiver, although I would lean to Christian with the flashes we've seen. But then you've got this young core of tight ends coming in. Obviously, two guys battling to to kind of you know play alongside Josiah Aguara, which in my opinion – Luke Musgrave's running away with it from what I'm seeing, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's great. Let, let Tucker kind of get his feet under him and, and, you know, kind of work his way into a, being a solid football player. Um, but all the way across the board. And then when it comes to the running back room, I, you know, I go back and forth on AJ Dillon. PFF suggests he's one of the best running backs in the league. His pass protection scares me a little bit just because we've seen that kind of, um, you know, bodice in the past, but, you know, him talking about wanting to be in Green Bay, it kind of goes alongside Rashawn Gary, which I can't remember what the exact quote was, but Rashawn Gary real, really kind of put that, I don't know, put that filler out there like he wants to be in Green Bay long term. Yeah. Um, it feels like those two guys are going to be extended. I just hope they don't lowball A.J. Dillon too much because I want the guy to get paid, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like he's he's taking all leverage off the table. Is he not, Ryan, just saying? Oh, yeah, no, that's, that is a good, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's going to be hard for him to play hardball, come back to the table and be like, look, you give me this or I'm walking. It's like, no, you're not, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Emilio in the chat, man. Appreciate you dropping in Emilio down here in uh, in Tennessee, hanging out with us. I believe that's the same Emilio. Um, said natural leader. I'm pretty sure he was talking about Jordan Love when I see yep. that comment come through. He is, man. You can – now. It, that can only go so far. If you can't, if you can't play football, then yeah. none of it's going to matter. Obviously, we all know that. It kind of goes without saying. But you know that was on the scouting report. Teammates absolutely loved him. He's got kind of this silent, not silent, but this quiet leadership about him. You guys know uh, the, uh, the the horrible tragedy tragedy he went through off the field, losing his father at an early age. His father, who was a police officer, and they said. When I read the scouting reports or what college coaches, high school coaches talk about Jordan Love, they talk about how his father was such a just such a pillar of their community. He was one of those guys that was when things would go wrong, people would lean on him because he just he he maintained just steady like that's a guy strong enough you can lean on. And they said that in the scouting reports, Jordan Love, you can tell he he got that trait from his father. Right. Yep. It was, like I said, just an amazing man that touched so many people. It sounded like in their community it was a horrible tragedy. We won't go into the details because it's not the time or the place. But yep. I think that molds a young man, you know, into the person that you are. And you can see, man, these teammates, they gravitate to Jordan. man. Yeah. So um, and then we got Jan back in the chat says humility, hard work and genuine care for teammates will pay off in time. We haven't seen that in a while. I know Ryan agrees with you 120 <laughs> percent. And it. It's true, man, that, you know, and I'm assuming you're talking about 12. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, I don't like to to bash Aaron because, you know, he did similar things when he was young. But here at the end, it's the same. I had this same feeling when, when Aaron took over for Favre. It's like, man, we're going to miss Brett. But at the same time, these guys seem to rally around Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. you can see them doing that with Jordan Love. And, it, and it's paying off the same way for Jordan, the same way it did for Aaron, uh, just uh, you know, genuinely caring for your teammates. Now, you fast forward 15 years, and that same QB's mad that you're letting those older players go because it's still his guys, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's just one of those tough things. But we all know uh, it was time to move on from those players. Um, some people would just agree it was uh, – it was not the the right way to do it, whether that's true or not. You know, we'll we'll leave other people to decide that. But uh, we got a special guest here. As soon as he gets his camera cranked up, we'll get him in here. I'm excited about this. Um, 
Tyler in the chat says, Gary, have 20% per, uh, pressure percentage. That's what you were talking about, Ryan. That would yeah. be great. Absolutely, man. Um, Tyler, also in the chat, interior pressure is just different. It is, man, especially where the majority of the league, they're, they're pocket-passing quarterbacks. You know, it makes a big, big difference. And, Blaine, we're going to go to you in just a second, buddy. We'll give you a second to, to set up there. Uh, Drew in the chat here says, hopefully Eric Stokes can come back at some point. That will help our pass rushers. You know, Ryan, I'm, I don't know, dude. I'm – I guess I'm an Eric Stokes hater because I'm the only person <laughs> I hear. I think I'm the only person that I hear that that isn't real confident about Eric Stokes. I just no, I you're just definitely not alone. It. Okay, well, how do you, what do you think is the proper way to handle that? Because you know, I was going to hit on this. To me, it sounds like going into camp, they're looking to have uh, Rasul Douglas and Jai Alexander on the boundaries and Keyshawn Nixon in the slot. You know, obviously yep. that that cuts Stokes out whether he's healthy week one or not. How, although they do have the luxury of maybe putting him on the pup and making sure he's 100% healthy. You don't have to rush into that. But um, how do you feel about Stokes, man? What do you what do you think he's going to turn into? Well, that that whole thing definitely kind of – and I, I talked about that for a while on the podcast. It was like, I just don't get it. They're, they're so – they don't even talk about Stokes. They're like, yeah, this is our guy. These are our guys outside. This is the guy in the slot. And it's like, okay, so let's, let's assume that they know he's not going to be back for a while, and that's just kind of how they're handling it. We'll see what happens when Stokes comes back. But it was just a weird way for them to handle that. As far as Stokes, I mean, yeah, it, it hasn't really materialized, but I thought he had a good rookie season. Yep. It looked like year two was getting off to a slow start, but let's be honest, the entire defense was really struggling. He was coming back in that stretch when everybody, I mean, Jair didn't look like himself. I think Kenny had a really fast start and then fell off later, but I mean, the defense didn't find their footing. So, I mean, it's hard to completely throw the guy under the bus when it's year two and the whole defense is just really not able to find its foot, especially the secondary. I mean, it was blown coverages all over the place. Nobody knew what they were doing. So yeah, I, I, I'll admit that it's given me some vibes of earlier on when we were taking swings at corners and we're kind of hoping like maybe this year, maybe this year, kind of a Kevin King thing. But um, I'm, I'm, I, I just want to give him a little bit more time again, a good rookie season. And I'm just throwing year two out the, out the door. You, Blaine just wants to show off his steak ability. Did you, did you bring steak with you? I knew you were going <laughs> to do that. How you doing tonight, man? Heard you guys talking about football. Nah, I felt like I needed to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. What are you sipping on? Mountain Dew there? What is that? Huh? This is called Dead Red. Dead Red. Oh, my God. Is that like... Is that like Red Dead Redemption? It's like Schaefer exactly. Light or something. Yeah. It's that All right. Amber Ale. Okay. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> like and Amber Ale. All right, cool. <laughs> love it. Love it. Mike in the chat said, how bad was Stokes before the injury? I just pulled the numbers here, uh, Mike, and... Basically, his PFF grade, um, you know, obviously he went out after week nine. His PFF grade was a 53.7 defensive grade. His coverage grade was a 60.3. So he was struggling. But, Ryan, you know, you made a great point. I, I didn't even really look at it that way. That whole team, that whole defense was struggling at that point. I mean, it was that last, what, five, six games is really when they took yeah. off. Wasn't it? Yeah. And, you know, me being the, the pessimist I am, I immediately just said, well, you get Stokes out of there and all of a sudden we get good, right? Yeah. Probably, probably a lot deeper. Than and that. and really, if, if you look at it too, I don't know if you have his grades pulled up or whatever, but he had f basically four games where he struggled. And it was right in that stretch where the t New England, the Giants, the Jets, Washington, like the, the team just fell apart right there real hard. And he was just a part of that. I think Dobbs had bad grades in that stretch. I think Christian might've had bad grades in that stretch. 
it was just a weird period where the team just kind of got, we assumed they were going to steamroll these guys and we just ended up getting spanked. So, um, but yeah, if you, if you look at it, the other games, they're not terrible. They're, they're average games. His, I think two of his best games were the last two games he played. So again, I, I it's, I'm not saying he's anything great, but I'm, I'm willing to give him grace. Cause again, I thought it was a decent rookie year and I, I kind of want to disregard this and let's see what he can come back from. And hopefully the injuries aren't too severe either. Cause that could kind of set you back as well, especially for a guy, Blaine, what are you doing? Especially for a guy that's all about athleticism. I love it. For those of you who are listening on the pod, Blaine looked like he's doing some kind of voodoo on us or something. Over here. <laughs> he's putting a hex on us or something stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Brad in the chat says, uh, Barry needs to play to players' strengths. <laughs> we can't hear you, Blaine. I don't know what's going on. It's fine. He's he's like the new goose now. We can't hear him. He's just making faces. <laughs> goose up our fighting wildfire, so Blaine's filling <laughs> yeah, in for him, right? He's putting works. his house out right, right now. How about, how about now? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we got you, Red Dead. Yeah. All right, all right <laughs> good, good. Redemption good. I was just – so I thought I was going to use this as a show. <laughs> live stream, is this what we're doing? <laughs> Clayton, I remember you're lagging. He's saying I'm your, a business, Your audio is lagging. Man. It sounds like you're hammered right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, that's not the audio, bro. Let's be honest. <laughs> you just. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyways. He's out. There you go. There. He just wanted to drop in and show us that he's drunk. <laughs> he's out. Um, now he's back in, but I don't uh. know if he wants to be in or not. Anyway, Brad says in the chat, Joe Barry needs to play to player's strengths, not to his playbook. You know, one of the things I had to kind of come to grips with as a fan a long time ago, um, <clears throat> I would hear people like uh, – Oh gosh, there was there were several front office executives who say when the game's on the line, think player not play, think player not play. And I go, that's the stupidest thing. You should think <laughs> to the open receiver. You should think to the scheme and, and what are you trying to accomplish in that specific situation. I guess I was wrong, but when when Brad says, you know, Barry needs to play to the player's strengths, not to his playbook, I mean it kind of sounds like think player not play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that, Ryan? What's when it comes to you know Joe Barry and 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 his defense and you know when when people ask when people say that like Brad making that comment it, it sounds so simple but if you're going to run the Fangio defense you've got to have a two high look you're playing a lot of cover four and in some cases some mixed in cover six now the cover four has man principles meaning if you have a deep responsibility once they reach a certain depth in the route it becomes man coverage basically, right? Um, but there's not a whole lot of, hey, you follow this receiver, you do this, you do that. So what do you think about that, though, man? Do you think uh, he should change things up this year? Because you obviously it's hard to do it midseason, right? Yeah. That, you you know, you, something you've worked on all offseason long. Um, you know, maybe this is the time that he says, you know what, let's try something a little different. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's never going to throw out his scheme, but that's not to say that there's one way to do it. I mean, look at Matt LaFleur. I mean, he, he he brought these principles in, which was one way with Kyle Shanahan in, in Washington and Atlanta, and it was a different way over there in L.A. He he went over to Tennessee. He adapted the scheme to Mariota and Darren Waller. Then he comes to Green Bay. He It's still the Shanahan-Matt LaFleur scheme, but yeah. you adapt it around Aaron Rodgers and the way that they play, and you find some cohesion with it to try to make it the best. And now we're going to have a different offense, but it's still the same offense. It's still the same scheme. It's just adapting it to the players that we have and the strengths. And that's that's what I think Joe needs. To, we're not going to become 
you know, the Baltimore Ravens defense or whatever. It's it's still going to be that Fangio style. But again, without being a, a scheme guy, I you have to adapt your understanding of doing things to best highlight the guys. You know, again, with Jair, he's a superstar. You've got yeah. to find a way to 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 accentuate him as a superstar as opposed to let's just treat everybody equal and run it across the board. It's it's not going to work that way. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No, I think that's a very, very fair point. And and that's what they get paid the big bucks for, right? Right. Um, John in the chat says, Savage... uh, I'm just going to read it as it's written. Savage got play outstanding this season or he's gone. He's got to play outstanding yep. this season or he's gone. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I kind of thought he would be gone after this year, <laughs> after last year, but here he is, right? <laughs> he's that – and I want him to pan out. We've said it a thousand times. He's got the best football name known to man. Sad. <laughs> There's nothing you want more than a hard-hitting safety named Savage, right? Like right. <laughs> The dude has all the measurables as far as, you know, the – the speed, the acceleration, the quick twitch. It just seems like, I don't know, it just seems like you can have all that speed and that quickness, but if you're one step behind in making the decision, right, if you're late on the decision, you're always going to be playing from behind, and that's kind of how it seems with Savage. But, Ryan, man, it sounds like they're moving forward. He's going to be a safety, a starting safety this year, right? Well, I think the fact that they exercised his option probably saved him. If there wasn't a price tag already assigned to him and it was going to cost him all that money, because obviously you can't trade him. Nobody's going to pay that amount of money. So it's a matter of do we want to pay it and cut him and just let him go out there, or do we – pay him and keep him so i mean i i think the decision was made for him they had to keep him um 
it's just a question of, you know, like you said, if he doesn't ball out and prove it, I think, I think he's going to be gone. And I think he would have been gone probably if, uh, if not for that, that, uh, fifth year option that they exercised. Yeah. And it, it almost felt like insurance, right? Like they were like, okay, let's, let's exercise that. We'll have a quote unquote starting caliber safety. And then you land some of these cheaper guys. Well, now you can't get rid of Savage. So you, you're right. kind of, you know, you got him. I could see that being the case for sure. Uh, Mike, uh, with the super chat, great show as, uh, as usual, fellas, you two are must see. We appreciate your support, Mike. Thanks, you are Mike. awesome, dude. Always supporting the show. We appreciate that. Uh, Dakota in the chat. Um, I can hear him. This is that nerd. Dakota. What are you laughing about, Ryan? You already read this. Uh, I, I read this a long time ago, and the phrasing on this was like, what are you doing? Oh, go ahead and I, I go ahead and read it and see if you can. Okay. Yeah, let me let me hit it with the accent here. LMAO, we know what that means. He's he's giggling a little bit over there. Just caught somebody trying to steal our railroad ties. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, who's gonna be the Packers, the first Packer to rail whoa <laughs> build this year? <laughs> and who will be the first to pick him off? Um so let me explain to you what my buddy Dakota down here in Tennessee is trying to say. Oh, um, when he's talking about rail and Justin Fields, we're talking about putting him on his keister, right? Yeah, sack, about, right? Yeah. It's a sack. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> who's going to be the first person to do that, right? Um, the first person to pick him off. Oh you no! Know, I want to say Jair Alexander. Get get it together, Ryan. Get it together. I'm right? sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get blame. I'm going to get blame one more shot here. Blaine, can you hear us now or no, bro? <laughs> <laughs> all right you're out bro. That's, that's that's good I'm so that's good sorry, stuff man. we're trying <laughs> um as every good host says it's on my end it's not yours it's not yeah. your <laughs> um so he's got that aaron Rodgers internet yeah exactly yeah maybe you should try facetiming bro yeah um, right so the first person to pick justin fields off here's what i would like to see to go to some people most people probably say oh jerry alexander right or, you know, Rudy Ford, Rudy Ford played great last year. I want it to be somebody that we would consider not a good player, like a backup quality player to pick them off, just to just to rub their nose in it. You know, maybe sure. somebody like a maybe somebody gets a little banged up and, and Enos Gaines comes in and picks them off twice in one game. I would lose my mind, dude. Absolutely <laughs> lose my mind. But do you think there's any chance, Ryan, that, that Justin Fields actually breaks out this year, man? There's a lot of people with this. He's in the MVP convert. Like, what are you basing that off of? Yeah. Well, the the only thing that scares me is he could probably just be a below average passer. If he can stay as good of a runner and be a barely below average passer, he's probably going to be a really dangerous quarterback. But it's only because he's like the worst passer we've seen in a decade that he's <laughs> down in the in the in the doldrums. So you know, and, and that's the the other problem is a lot of times these guys that are really good rushers, they start passing better. If you look at uh, what's a guy out in Arizona, the little little dude, um, <laughs> you know, I can you know see the guy. him as soon as you said it, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Kyler yeah, Murray. he uh, he he. I think his first year he was running all over the place and everything else, and then the next year he really didn't run. He was passing really well. But his rushing grades and everything went through went through the floor. And I, I remember that we played him, and I'm like, we really don't need to be afraid of him running. And you're like, y'all, Yo, you're a homer, you're an idiot. He didn't do anything. I think he's he's losing yards because here's the thing: this is what's so hard about being one of these mobile quarterbacks. It's so hard just to be a pocket passer. Imagine trying to then segment your brain in half to be a really good pocket passer, but also be able to scan the field and say, okay, I'm going to run and do all these things. I just think that's that's way too much, and I, don't, I think that's too much for a lot of guys to handle. 
And, and I think if even if he takes a step forward passing, he's going to take a step back running because he has to. You, you can't just keep your eyes downfield and run all the time and still be a passer. If you're going to commit to passing, fine, but you're not going to be running as much. I specifically remember before that game, because that was the game where Rasul Douglas got the game winning interception. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Miss I remember listening to your pod going into that and, and you saying he's, he's not scrambling with it's not, you don't have to worry about him running. I'm going, what are you talking about? He's one of the best scrambling quarterbacks in the league. I didn't look into the numbers like you. And sure enough, that game I'm going, he's not running. Like he's, yeah. he's staying put. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, he's one of those guys too. He, you could tell he lacks leadership and I, I don't mean to laugh, yeah, but every time somebody time. talks about his height, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a video on Twitter that every time something happens, they say this is Kyler Murray leaving. The yeah, that cracks me up car. every time. The guy like in a little car. Yeah. <laughs> or there, there was yeah. somebody had a uh, like a, one of those RC cars down the that's, highway. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, weaving <laughs> in and out of traffic. <laughs> John in the chat said uh, Eric Stokes has got to earn his spot back. I completely agree with that, and and that's again that's going to kind of play into that that factor that we talked about you know there, there's going to be a lot of competition on this squad that and and that stuff that competitiveness man that that can really create and galvanize some strong football teams for sure um jan in the chat says statistically what qualifies as a good season for these rookie skill player musgrave reed etc uh, that we expect to get a decent amount of playing time um I think, yeah. I mean, you know, the way I look at rookies, Ryan, and I think you probably agree, you don't expect these gaudy numbers. But what I'm looking mm-hmm. at is they're on the – they've worked themselves onto the field, like Romeo Dobbs last year. You know, I don't think he performed as well as some might think he did, but the fact yeah. that he broke into that starting lineup and contributed on a consistent basis. And then, of course, Christian Watson, you know, taking that extra step there toward the end of the year. What do you think here with, with Musgrave and Reed, man? What would you consider a successful uh, rookie season? Well, here's what's tough about it is it's entirely possible for their stats to not be great, but still have a great season. Um, you know, with the amount of guys that we have, if the ball gets equally distributed, but they're doing their job, like when we need to lean on Musgrave because it's a, it's a matchup nightmare, you know, they got linebacker issues or whatever, safety issues, he steps up and we can attack him. And if he has to take a step back because this is more of a Watson game or whatever, fine. But the point is he is a, a piece of our arsenal that is reliable every time we need to call on him. So, I mean, it's it's possible he could have 900 yards and six touchdowns, and it's an unbelievable year. It's possible he could have 400 touchdowns or 400 yards and two touchdowns, and he still has a great year, just because it's it's he and Kraft and Deguara and Reed and Dobbs and Watson and Jones and Dylan, because we're spreading it out. And the the point is, we just need to have a really good team, and these guys need to be a piece of that arsenal. And and how much of the piece? It doesn't even matter so much to me, so long as they're executing the job that we need them to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I can, it's just about maximizing your opportunities, yeah. plain and simple, you know, and, and making sure that when you're on the field, you, you can't tell this this decline in the offense or the defense when it's your turn mm-hmm. to, to step up, fill in for injury or somebody's needing a break or what have you. Brian in the chat here says, uh, think player not play is exactly what got us out of the playoffs last year and what lost us the playoffs that year before. Brian, as soon as I was reading your comment, all I could think of was Alan Lazard running butt naked wide open across the middle of the field as <laughs> Rodgers launched it to think player not play to Monte Adams. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But again, that's what some of the brightest football minds in the history of the league, that's what they harp on is, is you know, Players win them, coaches lose them. Um, you know, that's a Belichick quote. Like I said, it was uh, Pat Kerwin that said, think player, not play. And I try not to be the person to go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. But, Brian, dude, you, I can't argue with you. You make a great yeah. point. Like, that's exactly what happened, right, Ryan? 
Well, and that's the thing. It's it's a it's a balance. And I think if you get too stuck in one, I, I think generally player not we because he's right about that. But how many times have we seen him force it to Devonte when he's not open on a third down and get a first down? You know, he shouldn't have thrown it, but it works because he's got the arm and Devonte and they got the chemistry, whatever. But yeah, I mean, we've also seen quarterbacks get so locked in, especially Rodgers when he doesn't trust anybody but that guy in those situations. You know, because the scary thing is defensive coordinator says, I don't care if we got to put four guys on him. That's where he's going, because, you know, that's Rogers mentality to play or not play. He knows he's a player. He knows Devontae's a player. And that's all he needs to know on this play. But again, the defensive coordinator knows that, too. So yeah. I don't. I guess I don't know where I fall on that. There, there's just there's a right decision, wrong decision and a quarterback's crux is he needs to know what that right decision is in that moment. I know where I fall on it. If it works, I'm thrilled. If it doesn't, I'm mad. That's, that's yeah. That's 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 the perfect fan response to everything. It's like the old Mike Holmgren uh, uh, soundbot where he's like, yeah. "Throw it away." No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> it literally tells Brett Favre in Milwaukee, old Milwaukee Stadium. He said, "Listen, whatever you do, don't run. We have no timeouts. <laughs> Throw it away." The very next play, Brett takes off and runs it in for a touchdown. <laughs> it's like, hey, all right, we'll take it. Right. Uh, Tyler in the chat. It's funny, Tyler, I didn't see you type this as I said that players win games, coaches lose on Bill Belichick. That's hilarious, man. We're on the same page there. Um, John in the chat says, Joe Barry more worried about protecting the pass than stopping the run. You know, I talked about this last offseason. I don't know if you remember, but um, on one of my podcasts, I was talking about how Greg Cosell was outlining the fact that NFL defenses were willing to sacrifice and give up the run to right. limit those explosive plays in the passing game because analytics show that if you limit the the number of explosive plays and you make them use every inch of the field, you have a greater success rate as far as uh, overall points allowed in the game. But how do you feel about that, man? Because the run, it it is tough to watch. It seems like something that's always kind of been this, this dark cloud over Green Bay's defense, right? Yeah, I do wonder about those stats. I mean, uh, far be it for me to challenge stat people because they're pretty freaking vicious, and I know some of them are probably in the comments section right now. But you know, I just I just wonder about that because oh, good lord, because <laughs> the uh, the the biggest problem I have is that your defense ends up soft. If you're yeah. not winning in the trenches, it it it's a morale killer. And for a defense, I just don't know how you can step up when you're constantly getting beat on the ground like that. And that's why I, I love listening to guys like Dave Wanstead, you know, when I'm listening to Bears stuff or whatever, but he's a throwback guy. And he, he talks about how, you know, we used to practice goal line stuff and we used to talk about get low and win in the trenches. And they don't do that anymore because it they don't care. Because like you said, all they do is they look at the numbers and they say, screw the run, stop the pass. And I feel like we've been doing that since forever. We did it with yeah. Petten. I think we did it with Capers. Like it's all just like stop the pass, drop everybody, forget the pass rush. Just it's 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 they're probably right, but I would love to just try it and see if it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let's just try to stop the run, see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And when you get in those situations I mean, where you're looking at a, a you're like it's given. That's it's over. That's the first down. Well, right. I mean, that was that was the thing with Capers. He'd rush three on on fourth and five hundred, and they were you knew they were going to convert every time. Right. Yeah. God, I remember those days. Oh, my goodness. It was painful. It, it really You'd was. You beg for a third and four because if it's third and 15, they're going to convert it 100%. Yeah. And then you get in a situation like last year where it's like, okay, you got the pre-snap hat count, and, and you know defenses are looking for a pass inside the five, and Aaron literally blasts a Detroit defender right in the <laughs> face with the football. <laughs> it's like, can we just please run it here? Although, yeah. although, realistically, we were terrible at that on both ends of the 
third and short going at the goal line. Oh, yeah. We did nothing. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I was looking up some of the red zone numbers uh, from the offensive standpoint in Green Bay. And um, red zone touchdowns, we were 23rd um, in in red zone touchdown percentage at 51.8%. But at home, we were 10th at 61%. On the road, 26th at 42.8%. Man, we got to get that football in the end zone this year for sure. Blaine, what are you excited about, man? As you chew on your tomahawk over there, um, <laughs> it's the, the most dramatic chewing I've ever seen in my life. I love it. Uh, what are you excited about with the Packers this year, man? What do you think uh, – what are you expecting to see, dude? And say it like Conan the Barbarian, Schwarzenegger style. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, like these tight end, like – I want I want to see how Lafleur uses them. Oh, it's Bobby Tanyan. I mean, but like, like clearly nobody wanted it. You know, like he was the best. He did pretty well, but you know, Luke Musgrave, his fluidity, just like Brian and I, I have watched that one play of him like turning up field, <laughs> and it's just like that's been a repeat three hours now, and I still don't know. How how he did it. That's a big man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I think I'm worried about Joe Barry because I don't think he figured it out in the second half. Our guys figured it out in the second half because it seemed like Joe Barry was very like, we're going to do and even if you guys might not understand it, I'm going to make you do it anyway. And, <laughs> and it <laughs> mid-drink. <laughs> He's having a hard. Just, just so you know, Blaine, every four, every fourth word is getting cut out, so we're we're stitching it together as best as we can in our heads here. And then you add a drink right in the middle, just like hey, yeah, we can see him right here. <laughs> and I did a speed test. I'm gonna text it to you. I was, I'm cruising on the internet. I don't know if that doesn't like this streamable. Hey, dude, on my end, it's showing you've got great connection, so it's probably me. You know, it's one. <laughs> I gotta Mr. get you Big off bucks. the screen, though, bro. We're losing viewers right now with you chewing <laughs> on that phone. <laughs> no, nah, it's funny. We're actually at an all all time high tonight, right now, as you're chewing on the phone. But I didn't want to tell you that. Um, I see full bars. Yeah, yeah. It's it, to me, it's just like you're kind of quiet too. But that's why I was telling some of the guys that that was going to jump on the chat, turn the video <laughs> off. It might come in a little bit better just to kind of stabilize a little bit. But uh, I don't oh, know, man. We don't want people to look at me. Uh, well, I mean, the bone doesn't help. His name is Lag Law. That says it all. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Mr. Oh, uh, Big Buck says, Blaine, you're a lawyer. You can afford Starlink, man. <laughs> Let's get back to the I chat here real quick. I got the heat. <laughs> Tyler in the chat said, uh, all coaches can do, honestly – uh, is put players in favorable positions to succeed. The execution is up to the pros. And that's kind of the side that I leaned on last year, Ryan. You know, I'm, I'm looking at all this first-round talent, and, and everybody's going, Barry should be able to do more. And I'm going, shouldn't they be able to handle, like, yeah, what he's right, asking right. them to do? You know, it's one thing right. if if that Fangio-style defense isn't working across the entire league, but that wasn't the case, you know. Right. Um, and Tyler also said all offenses are trying to do to be successful is to get defensive players literally half a step out of their gap and that's all you'll need. 
It's very true. I mean, you've seen it last year with some of the tackling. It wasn't as if our guys were squared up in a perfect spot and missed the tackle. It just seemed like they were always late to the ball uh, to me. Um, let's see here. Mr. Green in the chat. Preston Smith for the sack. Rasul for the pick. I could I could deal with that when it comes to Justin Fields um, for sure. And then Dakota back in the chat said, y'all, see, that's my language right there, Ryan. Y'all, I'm laughing so hard right now. I bet you are, man. You've seen a freaking blood running down Blaine's chin over there. Look like 28 days later or something. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. Uh, let's go back to Dakota one more time here. Dakota said, I'd love if Savage had four are picks this, this year and they were all Justin Fields. What's that, Blaine? Are you saying I undercooked? <laughs> no, I'm just saying wipe your chin, bro. I'm all about a bloody steak. Just wipe your chin. As as my brother-in-law told my father-in-law one time, God rest his soul, he, he was he was going off, man. Mandy's dad was – I mean, he was cussing up a storm about something and while we were sitting there eating. I'll never forget her brother looking at him and going, why don't you wipe your damn chin before you talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to say to, to lag law right now, man. Um, we got to get it figured out, though, Blaine. We want you on the show more often for sure, dude. Um, we got to get that connection figured out somehow. I don't know. It's probably probably something I can I'm do on my end. What's that? I think it's the first time we've ever had a problem. Yeah, I mean, on Ryan's streams, you do just fine. But I don't know, man. This is Tennessee internet, I guess. You know how it is, dude. We <laughs> Maybe we spilled Mountain Dew on the uh, on the cord there. I don't know. But uh, Chris in the chat said, I think a mid-tier quarterback like Ryan Tannehill or Geno Smith could lead the current Packers roster to win the NFC North. And I think Love can easily be as good as those as guys like that. What do you think about that, Ryan? Um, on the surface, I think I would agree if everybody's healthy. Um, I could see, like I said, I mean, just a top 15 quarterback because yeah. last year everything went wrong. You know, yep. Aaron's numbers dropped, his – productivity drop, whether it's the thumb, whatever it is that caused it. But you were missing Bach. You were missing Elton at times. You missed Rashawn Gary. You, Devondre Campbell was out of the lineup at one point. Uh, yet Eric Stokes goes down. That shuffles things around. You're trying to move Savage into the slot. There's a lot of things that came into play. But do you agree with that uh, That comment from Chris? Well, yeah, it depends on everybody else, you know. I mean, if everybody can do their job, stay healthy, and and you know, if they meet the expectations, you know, I'm not. We're not asking for anything crazy. I'm not asking this mid-rate roster to go out and be great. I'm asking great football players, eight first-round freaking picks on the defense. You know, guys that have done it in the past to just step up and and do what you know you can do. And and if that's the case, then yeah, I think a, a Geno Smith or a Ryan Tannehill could come in and and make this a competitive team for sure. Yeah, for sure. Let's see here. We got Brad in the chat said, will a safety position cause Barry to call games more conservatively, man? Um, I don't know what – have you have you dug into the uh, the pressure um, as far as, you know, the uh, the numbers? Maybe when you had SIS, um, did you look and see where we stacked up with the rest of the league as far as bringing pressure and, and being more aggressive? Did, what's your general understanding of how they, they played it last year? Because I haven't dug into those stats at all. Because, you know, like when Chris says this, will the safety position cause Barry to call games more conservatively? I imagine he's talking about just a four-man rush, kind of playing coverage, that type of thing. Um, what what did it look like last year to you when you looked at the data from time to time? So the, the only thing I remember that stood out is one of the things that helped the defense is – Early on, they were bringing extra pressures to compensate for Rashawn Gary, and it wasn't working. And later, they pivoted to, like you said, that four-man front, just bring the four and use the rest for coverage, and that worked a lot better. And what ended up happening is our pass rush actually got better 
because when the quarterback has to hold on because you got coverage, get more coverage guys doing a better job, those guys are going to get there. And I think that's one of the benefits of getting guys like Van Ness and Wyatt and Rashawn because they're not the kind of guys that are just going to get stuck. Eventually, they're going to get there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think you, 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 you do bring a little bit more help to the DBs and allow those front four to just go, wow, don't do three, but you don't need to bring five, six guys to get to the quarterback because it, it just doesn't work. Because you bring that many guys, somebody's open, the quarterback's going to hit it. It was just a waste of resources. So I, yeah. I hope that we stick to that formula. There's nothing more frustrating than than seeing a team, you know, blitz heavy and the ball come out real quick and yep. just a quick, easy. Com- you know, we've seen Aaron do that uh, his first couple years starting. You know, he would really, really cut the the blitz apart. Uh, right. Brad said, "I'd love for him to be more aggressive to increase turnover opportunities." I mean, pressure pressure does lead to picks, but man, if you can do it with just a four man rush, you're right. cooking with gas, dude. You're cooking what, with gas. What is, what is Van Ness's motor look like? I've been I've been seeing a lot. Every everything I've seen from Van Ness, I think the dude's a monster. I mean, that's yeah. just me personally. Like when when I go back and watch his college tape, um, yes, he's raw, but he can win with speed. He can win with power. He can play interior. He can play on the edge. Watching him set the edge on a read option and then still get inside and make the tackle. I mean, it was I was just screaming. If Clay Matthews could have set the edge like that, we yeah. would probably have another Super Bowl ring. You know, yeah. as good as Clay was. So yeah, he's he's one of those high motor guys for sure, Blaine. I'm I don't know, dude. He's I'm excited for Van Ness, dude, for sure. Um, let's see here, Tyler in the chat. I think it's a morale killer when players are always catch tackling instead of attacking. Uh, yeah, I yeah. agree, man. Um, I agree. And, and Ron, is it not frustrating, dude? You turn on other games and you're like, why can't we? Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, and and I've I've said this about our linebackers. When I go and watch our offensive line, you end up having to watch the other team's linebackers. It's part of what you're doing. We are the only team I've seen that has linebackers that their job is to just stand there, wait for somebody to come to you, and then, like you said, catch tackling, grab them and fall down. It's bull crap. Every other time when we try to run these things, those linebackers are shot out of a cannon and they go meet our guys. I don't know why we have the only linebackers who are told, no, 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 just hang back because something crazy might happen. And that's true. Sometimes something does, but I'm so tired of seeing everybody just stand back and wait to see what happens and then stop them later. That's why they get four yards of carry because yep. everybody's got to hold, hold, hold. You know, we're so scared of the big gash, so we just hand them four. It's well, annoying. Ryan, was it last year that we were watching? It was like this safety was beating our like. 80% yeah, that, well, that's the thing. The safeties, the safeties ended up making tackles in front of the linebackers. Like, right. come How on, guys, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. am I coming through a little, a little bit better? No. It's nah, it's about I'm, the same. I think your connection's okay, man. I think it's your mic not picking you up or something. It's almost like you're kind of talking away. From, I don't know, man. I can't figure it out. But um, it's delayed too. Your mouth moves, and then the noise comes a second later. Yeah, that's a good point. Mister Big okay. Bucks here, though, has got a question for you, Blaine. He said, "Blaine, you're a lawyer. You can't afford Starlink, man. Like, come on, dude. I, I was texting you my internet. I saw it. <laughs> He's got the receipts, don't he?" <laughs> I got the receipts. This is a, I'm sorry, dude. I wish I could do something. I really do. This is a studio. It's all. It's always must see TV, bro. When you're on here with us, for sure. So here's if, just if we stop streaming Swayze in the background for like <laughs> five minutes while we do this. I got Roadhouse on three different TVs, <laughs> right? On different streaming services right now. Roadhouse in 4K. 
<laughs> Mr. Big Buck says, if we don't utilize Simone Biles on the cheerleading squad, I'm gonna be all right. Simone <laughs> Biles has got more, she's gotten more limelight in the Packers, uh, you know, whatever fandom this year than Jordan Love has to. I've heard yeah, Simone right? Biles' name. <laughs> I, how does how does her husband feel? Seriously. Like he's <laughs> nobody he, gives a crap that he's here. It's all about Simone Biles. <laughs> hey, thanks for bringing Simone over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we appreciate you guys, you guys want to know a fun fact? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Packers, I think, are the only NFL team without a professional cheerleading squad. But they bring in local cheerleading, right? Like high schools, colleges. High school, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's UW-Green so, Bay most of the time. That's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Um, Jan in the Male chat says, it, the UW sister school. And I was like, why didn't I go to green? I could have literally been a green Bay Packer cheerleader. And I would have been the cool, it would have been the coolest thing I'd ever, way better than being a lawyer. Wait, did you, so did you say you were a male cheerleader? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Was, Bro, yeah. dude, anybody who makes fun of male cheerleaders have lost their mind. I, I'm telling you, some of the strongest dudes, because I, I worked with a guy in Knoxville, Tennessee. His name was Jeremy Owsley, and he actually taught cheerleading on the side, and he had guys for bases that would, you know, be a part mm -hmm. of his, his staff. Those dudes you don't want to mess with, bro. They will, <laughs> they will twist you up in a knot so quick. Oh, my God. Like Uncle Bill I mean, putting out a Marlboro, bro. <laughs> like six foot, 225 in college, and I was the smallest guy. On all of them. Like, like, I, like I was straight up. I'm like, hey, we got like a dude that's like six, six, two sixty, like in the basketball tackles and offensive tackles for our football team. We're cheerleaders, and I'm like, homie's like six sixty, man. And I like, like press three seventy five, and I'm like, like, I didn't do that. Okay. Yeah, I always say I, I wasn't an athlete. I was a baseball player, bro. So I don't know nothing about any of that. <laughs> Um, Droids and hit balls. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. You know what I mean? Chewbacca, <laughs> that's all. Jan in the chat says, uh, and we're going to wrap this thing up. We're over the hour mark. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Jan in the chat says, Kansas City showed last last year that the modern NFL requires multiple adequate skill players to win uh, the Super Bowl. One star just, just isn't enough. Uh, all current contending AFC slash NFC teams have decent players across the board. I, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, it's funny, Ryan, th this time last year, what were we talking about, man? Tariq Hill leaving the Kansas City Chiefs off. They might be done. They might be done. Yeah. And here they are with yeah. the Lombardi. They, did, they, didn't lose a, they didn't lose a step, man. It was crazy. I think I, th I think the NFC North favorites, Detroit Lions. So, yeah. <laughs> have you seen like the projections, they're like Packers. I mean, they're not going to be last because the Bears are there. Lions are with <laughs> sweeping, just going to win the division. It's like, man, that Kool Aid. My All right, <laughs> Tyler. All I heard was Kool Aid. Now it looks like Ryan's froze up. This is beautiful. This is this is professional See, this is right here, man. It is. It's got to be, dude. You kidding me? If everywhere you go it smells like crap, you got to check your boot, right, Blaine? That's the way it works, man. So, <laughs> Tyler in the chat here. <laughs> Ryan's out. Let's see if we can get him back in. Um, Tyler in the chat. 
He says he's talking about dog crap on boots, man. I'm out of here. He's, he's back. Tyler says uh, there's a reason that we've gone significantly lighter at inside uh, defensive line because they want to pressure pressure the passer, not stop the runner. I mean, that's you know they they say you, you show me you want to show me your priorities, show me your uh, show me your wallet and your calendar, right? That's the same type of thing on a football field on a football team, and you see where they're putting their resources and what they're trying to accomplish as far as body size. I mean, we seen Kenny Clark come in a lot smaller last year, right, Ryan? So yeah. it's pretty obvious that's what they're looking to do. Um, Bedtime. Yeah. I'm sorry for me, boys. It's been good. Thanks for the invite. Hey, man. Appreciate you dropping in, Blaine. Thank you. Sorry for the connection issue, buddy. Um, so uh, Tyler here says Lions going to win the division with half a team? Question mark. <laughs> They're all suspended for gambling. <laughs> right. That'd be a good a good one to wrap it up on, man. Um, that gambling thing's kind of becoming an issue, isn't it, Ryan? For the Lions, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had a player on the Colts too, but is that again? Uh, well, you had Calvin Ridley the previous year, which I, I don't know, man. That that seems like a pretty good pickup for Jacksonville, dude. Calvin Ridley down there. Um, yeah, I think they, so. I was kind of laughing at them at first because they spent so much money on guys that I really didn't think were worth the money that they gave them. But they're uh, especially, you know, they're in a similar situation in a really bad division. I mean, they could easily just crush in their division and just dominate if they can, you know, get Trevor going and everything and get him some weapons, which I think he has now. Yeah. I think they're going to be a good team. Uh, that's a great point, man. That's a great point. I was I was the one, you know, laughing at the Christian Kirk thing and everything. I'm yeah. like, next thing I know, we're we're sitting at home watching them play in the playoffs. I'm going, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as far as the Lions, though, man, they were they were a lot of fun last year. I know people are going to throw rocks at me for saying that, but I really enjoyed Hard Knocks. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I love Jamal Williams, but his little act kind of got old to me, man. It, it kind of got to the point where it was like, I don't know, man. You're, you seem like you might be playing to the camera a bit, but uh, yeah. With that being said, though, guys, as Ryan freezes up there, we're gonna wrap this big bear up. I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys brought the thunder. Really appreciate your, your all support. I'm gonna kind of go through and do a little roll call here. There's Ryan back as we get ready to wrap up. I want to get his parting thoughts. Um, so. Everybody in the chat, we really appreciate you. Ryan, I want to hear your parting thoughts before we sign off, but I want to thank Tyler in the chat, Elevated Shine, Brad, um, all the way down the line. You guys were awesome. Mike, thank you for the super chat. Jan uh, dropping in and seeing us. We appreciate that. Uh, Emilio uh, coming in here, and we got Drew, everybody, man. Really appreciate everybody taking the time. Mr. Green, we got to hear from him. Awesome hearing his story about moving up to, uh, to Green Bay. Dakota, John. All you guys, too many to mention, really. I can't do this every show because it's it's growing. Uh, the numbers are, are looking really good, guys. We appreciate it. Brian, all you guys, thank you so much for your time. Ryan, as we wrap this thing up, man, we got a little bit of time before training camp. I know we kind of talked about it last week. Um, I like these kind of weekly recaps. Hopefully they're working for you, man, because I think it's a great way to start the week and just go, what did we learn last week? What are the hot, the hot topics when it comes to the Packers? Um, how you feeling as we get ready to take this break? And I – I want to say this, man. There's a lot of teams that get really nervous this time of year because the players are leaving the facility and they're going to get into legal issues. No. They're, they're kind of on their own. You've seen Jack Jones from the New England Patriots got arrested yep. for having a firearm at, at the airport, right? Um, you never hear about that with Green Bay, man. And I think it's a, a testament to Goody and how he drafts. Yeah, I, I, I knock on wood. I, I'm nervous even commenting on it. You know, I know we had – an issue with Aaron Jones like early on or whatever and and the Zadarius thing would coming over from Chicago but um yeah. you know no they 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 seem to be doing a good job I do worry a little bit more cuz they're a younger crew 
you know, young guys with a lot of money. I, I know I wouldn't be making good decisions if I was 22 years old and, and had all those rich friends and whatnot. But, no, they seem to be doing a good job. And, and the thing I like the most is they're all focused. You know, you hear uh, the, the tight ends are going to the tight end school and Jordan Love's out in France doing a quarterback thing. I mean, they're they're having fun, but they're also laser-focused on the goal, and, and that's the most important thing. As long as they can keep doing that, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, I like the direction it's heading in. Um, I was going to do a pod earlier today on some salary cap stuff looking forward. Um, they're in a good spot, man. Um, if you shave Bach off, off the roster next year, you're looking at, I think, freeing up like $20 million. Um, mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot of, a lot of money free up. Now I would rather have Bakhtiari as a starting left tackle, but not at the expense of, of what it's going to cost. And, and, yeah. and darn sure, not at the expense of kicking more money down the road, just because to me, that doesn't make sense when it comes to Bach. Now, like I said, if he wants to take a pay cut, I'd be all about it, but I think we're going to look, look up here in a year and a half, two years, you know, it's, it's the positive to how they handled Aaron Rodgers. This year was a huge hit. Take your lump. You talked about that. Let's get yeah. the debt out of the way, and then moving forward, you kind of get that off the books. So um, I'm I'm looking really forward to one of my next pods to kind of dive into the salary cap and see, hey, what what are we actually looking at next year and the following year? Because I personally believe Jordan Love did the team a favor with that contract, and that really mm-hmm. says a lot. I really do. So um, anything else, man? You good? No, yeah. I, I like you said. I just want to echo the appreciating everybody come on i mean it, it's it's crazy that you and i can just flip on a camera and talk about football and all these people come over to hang out with us so that's pretty cool and um just very much appreciate everybody and i hope you guys have a good father's day and i'll be talking to you soon yeah and in the middle of june too man it just it is it's the best <laughs> yeah, fan right. base in all the sports man. So <laughs> we appreciate everybody hanging out with us we'll see you guys here uh in a few days uh, obviously this pod will be dropping uh, in time i guess around noon on monday so to be ready for your uh, work day you come back from lunch you you won't want to be back in the office you'll have a little bit of podcast to listen to so uh with that being said thank you all for your time as always let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world go back go to left to restart the game and this one carrying into the end zone about four yards deep here comes Dixon to the five left hash marks 10 15 hits the hole hard he's to the 25 30 breaks into the clear Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races it's secretary of the Belmont down the split in time no one will catch him it's a touchdown my goodness came into the game Wayne questionable with a groin injury didn't practice all week but he just took it right off the gut through the heart of the Minnesota Viking Cup unit.